Hello everyone, uh, just before I get into this episode of Straight Outta Cline, I'm actually in the middle of uh, editing it at the moment, but somehow I have completely forgotten to mention some very sad news in the actual main chunk of this episode, which of course was the passing of the legendary WWE Hall of Famer, the Iron Sheik, who did pass away unfortunately uh, two days ago at the time of release, but uh, yesterday at the time of recording, so I just wanted to quickly uh, pay homage to Iron Sheik, obviously his tweets were absolutely legendary, one of his final tweets was, fuck Hogan. Which just says it all about the Iron Sheik. Obviously, you know, he uh, gave The Rock the term jabroni. Like, The Rock said himself in his video, uh, you know, paying tribute to the Iron Sheik, that he is, you know, the word jabroni has gone into the fucking Oxford Dictionary or whatever it was. And they credit The Rock with coming up with it. But The Rock said himself, no, that was the Iron Sheik. So yeah, an absolute just fantastic personality that we had in the world of pro wrestling for so long. And uh, it's such a tragic, uh, tragic... Tragic loss in the wrestling world. But look, he lived a great life. He had a great career. Uh, so fondly remembered by so many. But I just wanted to pass, obviously, my condolences on to his family. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be a very, very... Twitter is going to be a very sad place without the Iron Sheik. But uh, what an absolute legend. One of the, you know, pioneers of the 80s in WWE slash WWF. And uh, he will be sorely missed. So just wanted to quickly say that uh, before we get into the main chunk of this episode. Uh, it feels kind of wrong saying this now, but uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, the segue just feels so wrong. But more than anything else, rest in peace, Iron Sheik, you absolute legend. Welcome back, everybody, to Straight Out of Coin 2.0 with me, your host, of course. Joseph Dylan Turl. Can you believe it? For the first time in a bloody long time, we have done two episodes in a row. And I do say we, because it's our show. You know, it might be my name on it, but it's everyone's show. But it feels good. It's a great feeling. You could almost say I'm hooked on the feeling. If you know, you know. But if you don't know, I may as well get into it. I'm recording this, well, Technically, I'm recording this two days before the show, but this will be released one day before RCW's next show, which is, of course, called Hooked on a Feeling, which I'm very much looking forward to. We have got some absolutely just banging matches scheduled for this show. I am really, really excited. Let's get get the card up. Let's get the card up right here, because uh, I don't want to forget anything, but there are going to be some epic matches on this show. And of course, of course, the one time that I need to check something on Instagram, my phone decides to go as slow as a snail racing a turtle. Anyways, here we go. So, the matches are as follows. We have Leighton Buzzard versus Danny Cross. That is going to be absolutely epic. Leighton Buzzard, I actually refereed a match for the ICW title when he was last over in Cork. Really, really great guy. Very, very talented. And Danny Cross has kind of been someone who's been on my list of Irish wrestlers that I'm yet to actually referee a match for. And I'm very excited that I'll be able to tick him off that list in what promises to be an absolute banger. Of course, we have Raven Creed versus Reardon O'Connor, two of the best to come out of the county. Uh, Also, we have... uh, Originally, we were supposed to have Charlie Sterling versus LJ Cleary, but... I am aware that there has been a change to that. We have Matt Skyler versus CBL versus Renzo Rosa. What a triple threat that's going to be. Uh, obviously, then we have uh, the Sam. What a big debut that's going to be. Obviously, of OTT fame, he's going to be there. And then we have a very exciting triple threat match. Yeah, there we go. For the inaugural 
ICW, ICW, RCW Championship. I got the name of my, the the promotion I referee for. I got the name wrong, but I was talking about ICW earlier, so you can for, you can forgive me. But the uh, inaugural RCW Champion, of course, Rebel County Wrestling Championship. That is going to be an absolute banger of a match. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And of course, we also got the news as well that uh, this could potentially be the last show at the Kino. Uh, It will be the last show for now, as far as we know, uh, which is, it's a shame. It is a shame because that is a venue that I have obviously refereed now more than any other venue. I have become quite fond of it, but uh, as far as I know, the management has changed so we're not entirely sure what the future holds for wrestling in the Kino but uh, we, I think we've heard that a lot before and we've ended up going back there uh, but this is kind of the first time I've experienced it was being on the scene so we'll see what happens but uh, if this is the farewell to the Kino what a show it's going to be to bow out and I'm very much looking forward to it and you know what as sad as that is that it could be the last show in the Kino at least for a while I'm quite excited about venturing out into other venues as well because uh, there's some good venues in Cork that I would like to experience like the Circus Factory is probably the main one that I haven't yet done that I would that I would like to do uh, and of course I suppose the the Mecca in Cork would be Neptune Stadium and I know obviously when I spoke to Billy Bedlam a few years ago on Joe Tarn Rising that was something he spoke about wanting to do that would be so great if we were able to do that a Cork wrestling show at Neptune Stadium and like for me personally the reason I w- would absolutely just kill for that at this stage is because I've been to see two shows as a fan in that uh, stadium which of course it's a basketball arena but it's known as the uh, it's known as Nap- uh, Neptune Neptune Stadium apparently Neptune Stadium but I went to see an American Wrestling Rampage show back uh, back in 2008 Halloween 2008 I remember it well and then back in August 2019 I went to see OTT's first and so far only show in Cork which is of course where I got to meet Pac who was in the main event that night uh, and obviously everyone knows the story about his match with Sami Zayn at NXT TakeOver or Evolution made me fall back in love at wrestling I've told the story a million times so if you're a long term listener you'll know but um, and obviously there was a lot of people who wrestled on that show who I've since refereed matches for uh, so that's it's just crazy Crazy to, to kind of think about that and like that was one of the shows that really like you know lit the fire underneath me to want to get involved within the the Irish wrestling scene and you know here we are four years later and I'm the head referee for Rebel County Wrestling so uh, I will be I'm very happy about that and I will uh, I, I will I would absolutely love the opportunity to referee at uh, Neptune Stadium so hopefully we get to do that one day but the Circus Factory as well I, I've seen uh, shows on YouTube from there that uh, looks like a really fun venue to, to be a part of so hopefully we get to do that and who knows maybe we'll go somewhere that I haven't even heard of because the thing is my knowledge of Cork is quite embarrassing Cork City that is is quite embarrassing for someone who's you know I'm obviously not from the city but I'm not that far outside of it when you think about it I'm 40 minutes away from the city like some people seem to think that Cloyne is like on another fucking planet, the way they talk about it sometimes. Like, if I ever tell people I'm travelling from Cloyne, they're like, oh, Jesus, you've got a fair trek on you there. And I'm like, not really. Like, it's, you know, 40 minutes. Like, it's less than an hour journey. Like, it's not, like, down the road from Cork City, but it's not, like, overly far away. You know, it's not too bad. I think some people just, you know, they hear places, which is is fair, because sometimes I hear places in my head and I go, like, for me, I suppose Clonakilty would seem far away from Cork City. But then when I, when you really stop and you think about it, it's not that Clonakilty would be far away from the city, it's that it's far away from me, so therefore I feel like it's far away from everything. But Clonakilty is pretty much like the same distance 
to the city as Cloyne is. It's just on the opposite side of Cork. Obviously, Cloyne is in East Cork and Clonakilty is in West Cork. Like, why am I talking about this? I have no idea. But anyways, uh, regardless of that, Kino, last night there for at least a while. Can't wait for it. Get your tickets if you haven't already. Promises to be a very fun night of wrestling. Anyways, uh, what other news do I have? I have a story. I have a story. I feel like a lot of the time, um, or you know, recently, I, I've had a lot of uh, occasions where I've I've started recording. I've had like virtually nothing to talk about, and I've just like rambled. And I used to be very, very good at that, but now I feel like to get a bit of structure back into the show, I need to start telling proper stories. So. On Tuesday, I was at uh, the United Stands live show uh, on Vicker Street, which was a very, very entertaining night. And it's funny because Mark Goldberg, who obviously is the you know the face of the United Stand, and he was obviously the the man on stage, obviously with Ricky as well. I saw a lot of comments from people saying, "Oh, imagine paying money to see this fella! Like, what an absolute joke, lads! Money well fucking spent." That's the second time I've gone to see a live United Stand show and both times were absolutely, unbelievably entertaining and I had an absolute ball. Also, I am lucky enough that I got to meet Mark Goldberg after the show and Mark Goldberg is someone who's had a lot of shit thrown at him from so many people who are you know, both United fans and non-United fans. Whatever you want to say about him and listen, there are times where I don't agree with Mark Goldberg's footballing opinion but at the end of the day, lads, it's just a footballing opinion. He was an absolute gentleman. Can't actually speak highly enough about him. He was such a really, really nice guy. Stayed for a while after the show to take pictures of people who were waiting behind. It was funny. Like, I didn't actually know he was going to do that. And after the show had finished, I went down to the... the so the toilet in, in, the, um, in the Herald, which is the venue we were in, it's downstairs from the stage. So I went downstairs, went to the toilet, came back up, and there was a queue of people. And I thought they were queuing to get out. And then I heard that, uh, oh no, Mark Goldberg is going to be taking some pictures with people. And obviously I got to meet Ricky at the last show, which was absolutely fantastic. But I was like, you know what, fuck it. I've got plenty of time to wait for uh, my boss. I might have a pint or two here while I'm waiting as well. And, you know why not? Like, I, I, I put this guy's watch-alongs on for every Manchester United game. I've super-chatted in, like, more times than my bank balance probably would like. Uh, but it would be really cool to meet him. And he was an absolute gentleman. So, like, whatever shit people want to say about Mark Goldbridge, take it from, you know, someone who actually got to meet him. He is an absolute gentleman. Absolute gentleman. So, yeah. That's the start of the story. I completely forgot why uh, I, I I knew I was going to bring up you know going to the United Stand show, but I knew I had a story I needed to tell. So uh, lately, I have actually I, I I've started doing something that I never ever thought I was ever going to do, and never thought I was ever going to enjoy, and that is drinking Guinness. I have never ever been a fan of stout. I think I said before that I would rather eat shit then drink a pint of stout. But last weekend was the FA Cup final between uh, Manchester United and Manchester City, who uh, unfortunately did get the fucking upper hand on us. And it looks like they are going to win the treble, which I'll get onto in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I was uh, I was, I was quite heartbroken. But before the game, I said to Alex, who I originally was actually going to watch the game with, um, I said to Alex that uh, if United win, I will flop a Guinness. Not a baby Guinness, I will flop a pint of the good stuff. Now, United unfortunately didn't win, 
But I ended up actually, so Alex got sick and my buddy Ryan actually got on to me that, the same day that Alex got sick and said, here, look, we're, you know, we're going into Cork to watch the game if you want to join us. And I'm really glad I did because I was able to, to share the pain with, uh, with, other, uh, with other people. So, you know, that was, that was all good. But uh, I remember, um, you know, t- taking that, I was like, you know, we're losing, but I'm going to take a slug of Guinness and see how it is. And I was like, oh, shit, that actually wasn't that bad. And it was funny, I went through something similar with beer. So, uh, I stopped drinking for a bit in late 2018, kind of into 2019. Um, it's just, I, I, I go through phases. I, I, st- I still go through phases now where I just get sick of drinking. But this was kind of around the time where, like, alcohol-free beers were really starting to, like, become a thing. Like, there was obviously Heineken Zero, which was the, the first kind of big one. There was a, a lovely German one called Erdinger, which I still think is really nice. But, like, when I was drinking before that, all I would drink was cider. I, I, I couldn't stand beer. I tried Heineken. I tried, uh, you know, uh, Coors. Just didn't like it. And for whatever reason, when I went on the alcohol-free stuff, I just uh, I just developed a taste for it. And, you know, some people said, like, oh, why can't you just drink a soft drink like a Coke or, you know, a Club Orange or the, the, the Lemon Orange? If you know, you know. Nobody knows that story. Essentially, one time, I went to ask for a Club Lemon. And I accidentally said lemon orange. And the guy behind the bar, I think it was the greatest moment of his life. Because every time I went up to the bar afterwards, oh, you want a lemon orange, is it? And I was like, that was funny. The first seven times, you fucking ginger cunt. No offense to any gingers out there. But yeah, anyways, to get back onto the, the point of the story, I just, yeah, I, I never ever liked the, the taste of beer until I started drinking the alcohol-free beer. And even though cider was still my go-to, <clears throat> I did go through phases where I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the beer for a bit tonight. And I think that's starting to happen now with Stout, which it happens with a lot of people. I know a lot of people who didn't like Stout uh, initially who started enjoying it after, you know, like maybe the older they got. And I, I was quite fond of the old Guinness. So that's what I was drinking up in Dublin to get you know, back on track with the story. And obviously got to meet Mark Goldbridge, had a great time at the show, had a few drinks and was walking back into Dublin. And to say I was a bit merry would be the, uh, would be the understatement of the, of the decade. And obviously in Dublin, there is a very, very bad homeless crisis. I mean, there is all across the country, but I think especially in, in Dublin and, and even here in Cork, like especially in the cities, there's a, there's a huge homeless crisis. And I bumped into this guy who was counting his money and he's, you know, he was polite. To be fair to him, I have to say he was polite to everyone who he stopped. And he stopped me and he was like, hey, look, um, we were outside a hostel. And he was like, look, I would uh, i'd really appreciate if you could uh, you know if you had any spare change if you could you know if you could, he didn't exactly say it like that he asked me here look have you any spare change and he was like look i he was like i understand if you don't but he's like just so you know i'm just trying to get it so i can stay in this hostel for the night and he was counting his money and he you know, he had he had a decent amount for someone in his situation and i was kind of looking at it and i just said to him look how much are you short he told me how much he was short and uh I was like, look, here you go. I, I, I gave him uh, the rest of what he needed. Well, it wasn't much more. Um, but I was like, look, you know, this guy seems like he's genuinely just trying to find a place to sleep tonight. He's outside the hostel. Like, I trust him. And uh, that's all good. So that happened. And great interaction. I wished him the best of luck. And I remember afterwards thinking, like, I am so happy with that. Like, I, I've stopped a person from sleeping on the streets tonight. I feel like I've really done someone uh, a massive favor here. And... Uh, I started to feel quite good about myself. But little did I know that that guy was about to do me a huge favour. So I'm walking down the street again. And no more than 
10 yards away from where the hostel was, I had another homeless guy begging everyone for change. And I thought, like, oh, I thought I felt some change in my pocket. And I went to put my hand into my pocket. And I was like, you know, I said to him, yeah, look, I've got some here. But uh, it wasn't change. It was my key for my house. And I went, oh, crap. Now I'm in a bit of an awkward situation where this homeless guy thinks I'm about to give him some money. And I've gestured to, like, you know, go to my pocket as if I have money. And I realized that I don't have any physical cash in me. And I'm not giving him my bank card. <laughs> so, like, how do I get out of this situation? And John, who was the name of the guy I'd spoke to before, ran down to me. Took my hand, as if he was shaking my hand, going, Oh, hi, how are you? Like, it's good to see you again. And started walking down the street at me and said, Look, I know this might seem really weird for me to say after you just gave me money to stay, to stay in the hostel, but don't give anyone else money. And he explained it, right? And I know that might sound selfish, but he explained it really well. He said, I know it might seem selfish considering what you just did for me, but if they see you giving a couple of people money, they'll all be over to you. So he's like, look, you can tell you're after a few as well. Just She's like, look, just go down to the bus stop. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks very much. And in fairness to him, he fucking did me a favour there because uh, I was fairly sloshed, fairly sloshed, and I was on my own. And I'm obviously drinking this new beverage that I haven't, not, you know, it's not new. Like, Guinness has been around for years. But to me, like, this new beverage that I've been enjoying recently. And uh, it's been, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, this probably isn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not exactly in the best state to be making these decisions, am I? Now, I'm still glad I helped out John, but uh, the other guy, yeah, look, no offense to him. And hopefully, you know, hopefully he can turn his life around and hopefully, you know, he can have a roof over his head at some stage. But uh, John caught me, as, uh, he did me a solid there. But uh, that's not where the drama ends, for me at least. Well, it does in Dublin. But I had an incident then that uh, occurred in Cork. So again, I'm going to have to give a bit of backstory to this. So I had a very, very long day of traveling. That, for, for that, you know, 24-hour stretch. So just to give people an idea, right? Klein's public transport is pretty much non-existent. I'm not going to go into like the ins and outs of it because I would just be here all day. But, well, I wouldn't be here all day explaining the fucking bus times. I'd fucking get through that fairly quick. But there is fuck all bus services from Klein. Which is absolutely ridiculous considering we have a fairly... Klein has a bigger population than people think. Like People just think of the village when they think of Klein. Take it from someone who lives just outside the village. Klein is fucking huge. And there was a lot of people living in both the village and the outskirts and the countryside. But just to give you a bit of context, actually, for how shit this bus service is here. There's no bus on a Sunday. At all. To or from Cloyne. Like, I'm not, like, exaggerating that. Like, trying to, like, you know, to, you know, kind of, you know, uh, to, to kind of dramatize, like, how bad it is. There is literally, not figuratively, literally no bus from or to Cloyne on a Sunday and there ain't much on a Saturday but I thought look I've got a long day of traveling ahead of me um what I'm gonna do is I got the bus from Cloyne into Balnacurra which if you're not familiar is it's in between uh Middleton and Cloyne so it's it's a small little village my granddad's actually from there the original Joseph Turl he is actually from there excuse me and I thought yeah you know what I have a lot of traveling so I want to try and spend as much time on my feet as possible so I got the bus from Cloyne to Balnacurra Balnacar is also where I do uh, jujitsu. Just, you know, I don't know. That's kind of ir- irrelevant to the story, but I just, you know, I just like to remind people that I do train in martial arts. Even though, you know, you could probably still kick my ass. But anyways, um, I got out there and I walked from Balnacar into Middleton, which isn't a long walk, but I was like, ah, look, it'll get my steps in, give me a bit of exercise, and uh, it kills time whilst 
I, I'm killing time while still being active. So then I went to the, um, I, I went to uh, the Tesco in Middleton, got some lunch, and I stupidly thought this will fill me now until I need to get the bus to Dublin at four o'clock. It didn't. It didn't. And I got bored hanging around Middleton because it's just fuck all to do there. Not that there's much more to do in Cloyne. And I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'll go to the city because even though I'm only going to be walking around, there's more places to walk and... Yeah, look, you know, whatever. Like, it's just, I'm, I need to go to Cork anyway to get the bus to Dublin. But uh, I went to, uh, went, got the train from Middleton to Cork and was hanging around for a bit. Started getting quite hungry again. So I popped into a, restra- a bar restaurant in Cork. Had some fish and chips. Chips were lovely. Fish, I wouldn't go for it again. And to be fair, the re- I'm not going to obviously give the name of the restaurant, but because... Uh, I don't want to shit in them too much. If, if it was a bad restaurant, I would. But it's actually a lovely restaurant. It just, I don't know. I just, for some reason, I just thought fish and chips, like, this is enough to fill me without, like, stuffing me for the, like, for the day. It'll leave room for something else later on. Um, But, yeah, it just wasn't my cup of tea. But look, you know, it's it's a lovely restaurant. Uh, But just, I didn't have, didn't have the best experience with the fish. So I did that. Hung around, I hung around then for about another hour. And I didn't get the bus from uh, Cork to Dublin until four o'clock. Because the show was on at 8, and I was like, yeah, look, if I get the bus at 4, I'll be up there for 7. It's about a 20-minute walk to the venue. Uh, you know, the show starts at 8. Like, you know, it gives me... I don't have to hang around, uh, you know, for um for too long of a time. I don't have too much of a wait. So I did that, went to the show. The show was about two and a half hours. It was absolutely fantastic. Obviously had that whole debacle with Dublin, uh, with the homeless guys. And then uh, the only bus I could get home because I didn't stay the night, was at uh, 1 o'clock in the morning from Dublin to Cork, which, is again, is a three-hour bus journey. Now, keep in mind, I haven't slept at all at this stage. I didn't sleep uh, on the bus from Klein to Balanacara, because why would I? It's like a fucking five-minute drive. Didn't sleep on the train. Didn't sleep on the bus from Cork to Dublin, because I just wasn't tired. And I thought, yeah, like, yeah, like, I'll get some, some sleep now when I, um, when I get the bus from Dublin back to Cork. And the plan was to get the the bus from Dublin to Cork and then I'll be back in Cork for about 4 o'clock in the morning and then the first bus that leaves Bus Aaron in Cork actually goes to Cline and I thought great I'll get that bus at 6 o'clock and went on to the, the bus from Dublin to Cork I thought I- I'll get some sleep here now I was so restless could not fucking get a wink like those buses they're not made for sleeping like they're not like thankfully it wasn't too busy so I had like the two seats to myself but these buses are just not you're just not able to to, to get comfortable on them so I couldn't get to sleep there. Got off the bus at about maybe five to four uh, in Cork. And I was like, yeah, look, I only have to hang around for another two hours. Like, it's not bad. It was a little bit eerie walking around Cork at that time, but kind of peaceful as well. I kind of enjoyed it. Like, there was literally nobody else around. And I was like, yeah, I'm kind of enjoying this. And like, you know, if this is a good idea. I'm not having to spend an arm and a leg to get a fucking taxi home back to Cloyne, which I you know, have to do a lot of the time. I'll just get the, I'll just get the bus. I'll just get that uh, six o'clock bus. But at this stage, after hanging around the Cork City for an hour, I'm so deprived of sleep. And it's, you know, the lack of sleep is really starting to get to me right now. And I was walking up past Horgan's Quay. Uh, just, you know, again, killing time. This is around five o'clock. And I was like, God, I could probably do it just sitting down for a bit. I'm feeling a little bit lightheaded. And I came dangerously close to just passing out. I went to sit on, like, one of these little... They're, like, they're not, like, benches, but they're, like, these little kind of... Uh, these little kind of... I, I don't even know what to, what to call them. They're, like, little... Kind of marble, like, squares that you can just sit on. And I went over to sit on one of them, and I nearly didn't make it. I kind of felt like my head going a bit fuzzy. And my legs just started wobbling, and I was like, whoa. And there was, like, 
two people, I think, walk past. Like, just going for a walk, and I was like, well, they definitely think I'm fucking langers. I was like, okay, I've had a bit to drink yesterday, but to be honest, that whole homeless situation kind of really sobered me up. And I was just like, holy shit, like, I very nearly just fainted outside Horgan's Key. So, yeah, uh, between, you know, nearly getting involved in some shit with some homeless people, and then nearly fainting in Cork City, I had quite a tumultuous time whilst in uh, both the capital city of Ireland and the real capital of Cork. So yeah, those are my fun adventures. Uh, but you know what? I really, really enjoyed it because I think I spoke about this recently. So I am um, just after leaving a job in the last few weeks, a job that uh, was definitely not doing my health any good, both physically and mentally. And I've said, you know what? I, I'm going to take the month of June now for myself. I, I'll be you know, in a new role uh, in July. I was like, you know, let, let's let's just enjoy this this time off. But I was at a stage where I was just so unbelievably bored because like the weather was great you know there was there was good vibes all around uh, you know around the place because of that but I just felt like I had absolutely nothing to do and between you know the, the heartbreak of the FA Cup final um you know it was bad enough to, to take that but the fact that I was able to, to go and experience that with people who were in the same boat as me United fans uh, was absolutely you know it was it was it made it a lot easier to deal with and then to have the United stand show as well and and you know, to get to meet Mark Oldbridge and whatnot like that was excellent too uh, really really enjoyed that and obviously I have the the, the show I have, uh, that I'm refereeing on Saturday so lots to look forward to uh, so I was really really happy about that because uh, yeah like it's great being off and all but I think you just get bored after a while and you know it's kind of it's it's harder to get into a routine when you don't have to be up at a certain time but I'm doing my best absolutely doing my best but uh, let's just say when I got back to Cloyne at about seven o'clock on um on Wednesday morning it would have been boy did I collapse on the bed and I had fucking zero intention zero intention of getting up at all that day to be honest I was so tired I'm still kind of feeling the effects of it now I'm recording this on Thursday night but uh I, I you know I, I'll get there I'll be fine I'll be fine by Saturday so yeah that's all good Obviously, as well, we got some big fights coming up on Saturday in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Uh, for me, listen, I will talk a bit about the main event, but I cannot fucking wait for Oliveira versus Dariush. That is going to be such a fucking fun fight. Like, whatever you want to say about Charles Oliveira, and, you know, obviously he went through that phase where he went on that, like, you know, incredibly long losing streak, managed to end up becoming one of the most feared fighters in his division and became the champion. And then, obviously, there was the whole missing weight debacle and... People are kind of torn on him, but he is someone who, like, I feel like it's very hard to not get excited when he's fighting. And Badil Dariush, like, I've, I've heard him a lot on, on the um, uh, Believe You Me podcast with, with Bisping and Anthony Smith. He's been on there a few times. Like, very uh, interesting guy to listen to. And again, just an incredibly, like, it's, it's, a very, it's a very interesting fight because their styles are quite different. And it is going to be quite interesting to see who comes out on top with that. So th I think that's going to be, like, that's, like, the people's main event. But obviously, uh, the, the original main event was supposed to be the trilogy between uh, Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena, which I'm, I, a lot of people were not very happy with that. The fact that they were going to do a, tr a trilogy fight, but I thought it made sense. And I was quite looking forward to it, but uh, obviously um, Pena pulled out with, I believe, a problem with her ribs. I don't Was it a cracked rib or you know, a broken rib? But whatever it was, it ended up... Uh, Meaning she had to uh, pull out of the fight. Now it's Nunes versus Aldana, which I still think will be a great fight. Uh, but I can't see Nunes not getting the win. But then again, you know, I d didn't see Usman losing to Edwards uh, last year. 
you know, there's there's been fights that have definitely gone. I didn't see. I actually didn't see Pereira beating Adesanya uh, in the UFC for the first you know, for the first fight they had in the UFC. I, I didn't see that coming, despite the fact that he'd beaten him in kickboxing. I really thought Izzy would have the upper hand in the uh, in the MMA fight, which he did in the second one, but in the original one, he obviously didn't. Um, so listen, stranger things have happened, but uh, we will uh, we will see. Uh, the card itself looks. All right, there's definitely some names there that are not uh, that I'm not overly familiar with, but sometimes that can also be quite exciting. But like, it's crazy to think like we're at UFC 289 now. Like UFC 300 will be here before you know it. Like you know, so what? Eleven more shows or t- ten more shows? Why is Matt's letting me down? Anyways, whatever. You you get what I mean, lads. You've heard of um dyslex dyslexia, right? I have the Matt's version of that. I've heard. I think it's called dyscalculia. If memory serves me correctly, like I've never been like diagnosed with it, but you know sometimes it's like I don't do I, do I really need to be diagnosed? Like I think it's fairly obvious, but like it's funny as well because I think it was Ariel Hawani was talking about it recently, about like how you know UFC one hundred and two hundred both took place in the summer. I think one hundred was in July, and I remember two hundred was in June. Obviously, Brock Lesnar fought on both cards, um, but with the way it's going with UFC three hundred, I think they were saying it actually it's looking like that it might be in March or April. So, like, just before the summer. So that'll be kind of interesting. Like, it's not, like, too much of a difference, but it's kind of... It's just interesting how 100 and 200 kind of fell on the... around the same time of year. Like, when was, uh, when was UFC 1? Like, what month did that did uh, that take place in? Let's see. UFC 1, which is such a crazy show to go back and watch. And obviously, I've met Hoyce Gracie, who ended up winning the whole thing. That took place... Uh, in November. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah, no, it, it will be crazy to see UFC uh, UFC 300. It's going to be very interesting to see like what that card is. Like Obviously, UFC 100 was such a fantastic show. And even though, you know, one of my all-time favorites, Michael Bisping, did get, you know, one of the worst KOs of all time um, from Dan Henderson. Obviously, Brock beat Frank Mir in the main event, GSP. Um, he, he retained the title that night, didn't he? Yeah, John Jones actually fought on the prelims that night as well, which uh, a lot of people don't know. But uh, that, that was such a great card. UFC 200, speaking of John Jones, was a bit of a disaster. Yeah, obviously, you know, he was supposed to fight Daniel Cormier. Then the whole fucking, you know, the whole what's it called banned substance thing happened. And we ended up getting... Uh, DC versus Anderson Silva in a match that you know, or in a fight that you know, DC and Anderson Silva is a dream fight, but within the circumstances, it was just, it just left a bit of a sour taste in everyone's mouth, uh, and I, I did feel really bad for DC, and it's one of those things that really stops me from saying that John Jones is the greatest of all time. Anyways, that's just me. Um, but also we had uh, Brock Lesnar fought, uh, fought Mark Hunt that night and Brock then tested positive for a banned substance even though to this day Brock has not paid the fine for that USADA um, decision. He's never paid the fine for it. And even though like that win was taken off his record like his record is still five wins and three losses and uh, now it's one no contest. He's never paid the fine for it because Brock was just like flat out denying it. And uh, yeah, obviously we had the Brock DC stuff happen in 2018. That obviously unfortunately led to nothing, uh, which was a shame. And like, you know, obviously I love seeing Brock in WWE, but uh, I would have loved, I would have loved to have seen just that, just that one fight with DC. And a lot of people say DC would have absolutely mangled Brock. Lads, 
I, I don't, I love DC. I love DC to bits. I think that would have been a good fight. I think it would have been a close fight. And I'm not saying DC couldn't beat Brock. Of course he could. But I don't think it would have been uh, similar to what Cain Velasquez did to Brock. I just don't think so. Because, uh, you know, Brock, obviously, listen, DC and Brock, both incredible amateur and college wrestlers. But Brock's size, I just think, would have been too much for, for DC um, if if he could, if he could get the advantage, but anyways, that's just me. Obviously, we have the Ultimate Fighter back as well, McGregor and uh, Chandler, which again is going to be a great fight. I strongly disagree with what Drew Jordy said last week, saying that Chandler was the easiest fight he could take. Absolutely not, Chandler. I think will will really give it to Connor. I think it's a very very interesting matchup. I've seen half of the first episode because this is funny. I didn't realize the episodes were on Fight Pass. So I saw half the first episode because someone actually uploaded it to YouTube and it managed to stay up for two hours. But halfway through watching it, uh, YouTube took it down, uh, which was a shame. But uh, it was only after that then I discovered that in Ireland they're showing it on Fight Pass. And I was like, oh shit. So obviously we've had the second episode as well. So I haven't actually seen all of the first episode. I'm going to watch it after I, uh, I've i finished editing this. And then I'm going to watch the, the second episode then maybe tomorrow. But uh, I'm really uh, happy. Like the Ultimate Fighter, like the Ortega and um, Volkanovski season, I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, when they brought it back after however many years. And then it ended up with probably still my favorite fight I've ever seen live, uh, Volkanovski-Ortega. That was an incredible fight at UFC 266. Oh my god, what an absolute war that was. I remember that was actually... Uh, the weekend before I had my induction day at college. It was funny, actually. I found my um, my acceptance letter for college the other day for uh, the acting course in CSN. I also found the, the letter I got of the uh, the start date for the, the induction day. And it, like, really, really, like, brought me back to that time. It was just crazy. And, like, I try not to reflect too much on the past with, 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 uh, with things because I just feel like, you know, you can get quite sad. But, uh... Ah, oh, there, there's still like certain moments where I'll just think back about that whole eight or nine months that I was in CSN, and oh lads, what a great time it was! What a great time it was! And you never know, maybe one of them, uh, one of the people who I was, you know, in college with doing the acting course, maybe we'll get them on the show at some stage because uh, we actually did have that planned last year, but uh, the schedules just unfortunately couldn't uh, line up, which was uh, quite frustrating. Uh, not as frustrating as this hair that's just got into my eye. That really is irritating there we go i've got rid of it but uh yeah it was uh, it was a shame but uh, i'm sure we'll uh, we'll get on that uh, eventually and yeah i think that's kind of everything lads um it's funny i've got the the ps2 all set up here uh, i've been playing the shit out of smackdown shut your mouth which was the first wrestling game i ever played and like a lot of my earliest memories around wrestling are memories of me playing that game and uh, I'm doing the, the season mode in it at the moment, and it's just absolutely crazy. And, like, my siblings, who obviously are huge wrestling fans now as well, wonder where they got that from. But um, they obviously are so used to playing. Like, the, the first game they ever played was uh, 2K19, WWE 2K19. 2K20 was, like, the first game they, like, properly got into. And obviously, like, they're used to the very realistic graphics of you know, 2K22 and 2K23. And I showed Karis and Sean Smackdown Shut Your Mouth for the very first time. They got to play it as well, which was so cool to see my siblings play the first wrestling game I ever played back in the day. And um, they were absolutely like, just like the fact that that looked old to them made me feel really old. And I told, because, you know, Karis, my sister was laughing at the graphics. I said, Karis, at, at the time, we all thought that looked unbelievably real. And she could not believe that this game that came out in 2002 that looked the way it did 
was considered realistic back in the day. And it just makes me wonder, like, you know, back in 2002, we thought, Jesus Christ, like, these graphics look incredible. This is so realistic. Like, oh my God. And then you think of, let's say, 2012, when your know, WWE 12 would have been um, the main game. I know WWE 12 came out in 2011, but you get what I mean. Like, for the majority of 2012, that would have been the, the main wrestling game. And I remember looking at that at the time and thinking, Jesus Christ, like, these graphics are insane. Like, I don't think graphics get much better than this. And now you look at WWE 2K23, where there are times people will walk into the room, they can't tell if I'm watching an episode of SmackDown, or am I actually playing WWE 2K23? And it just makes me think of, like, in 10, 15, 20 years' time, what will gaming graphics look like? Will we literally just, will it just look like, like, the way I look now? Will that just be what games look like? Will you literally just be, like, watching a movie with the exact same graphics of a movie? Like, not like, you know, not the tone of, of a gaming character. You'll see the tone of a normal human being and you're just going to be controlling them. Like, it's, it's fucking crazy the way technology is going. And I was only thinking about that the other day. Like, we could have been born at any time period in civilization and, and the universe. But it's mad that we were born now where technology has become arguably, like, w- like the most important thing for people to have when it comes to, like, you know, everyone has a phone. Everyone has a way of being contacted, you know? We've got, we got we literally have GPSs in our pockets now. So, like, we can look up where something is. We, we have a direct map to take us to wherever we need to go. Even though I also found out recently that uh, Mount Rushmore, sometimes Google Maps will take you to the wrong location, which I thought was quite interesting. But it's like, you know, the people who were... The, like, the first humans who walked civilization. Like... They will, like, they know, they know nothing about how life is now. And imagine if they could see what, you know, what, what, how civilization has become. I've, I'm going way too deep into this and it's actually starting to hurt my head. So I think that's probably the best time to wrap this up. But, uh, yeah, lads, you know what? I've really enjoyed this episode. Obviously, it was great to have the chat with Alex last week. I thought we had a very good conversation. Again, uh, so someone did actually reach out to me about that. And I, you know... I feel like I have to to say this. I actually forgot about this until now. So Alex's volume was quite low on uh, on the episode. That was not Alex's fault. That was my fault. For some reason, when I start recording on Zoom, whatever the volume is set at on my laptop at, at that time, I can't lower it or higher the volume. And my volume was about halfway up. So unfortunately, it made Alex's sound a little bit low. So yeah. Don't blame Alex for that. Blame me. My bad. But we move. We all make mistakes. Please don't judge me for it because I will cry and, uh, you know, it, that'll be on you. I'm obviously joking. But, uh, yeah, that, that was not on Alex. Excuse me. That was on me. So, yeah. But I'm looking forward to getting Alex on here again. And, obviously, hopefully at some stage, the fat gorilla himself, Porig. If you know, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I think this is probably the best solo episode I've done for a very long time. And uh, yeah, I, I, I've I've had a ball. I hope you've enjoyed listening to it too. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Straight Outta Cline. Hopefully might see some of you this Saturday at RCW's uh, final show at the Kino for the time being, Hooked on a Feeling. And if not, well, we'll meet you at some stage and enjoy this classic pro wrestling promo that I'm about to play right now. Speak to you all next time.
Just realised I forgot to speak about uh, Man City potentially winning the treble. Thank God I don't have to watch that game this weekend because uh, I'm refereeing. But just wanted to say, I'll go in depth about this on the next episode. But, you know, people are saying which treble is better, United or Cities? Well, City, you didn't win yours with David May. We did, so go fuck yourself. But, you know, it's mad what you can do with 115 FA charges and an unlimited open checkbook. So, yeah, City, go fuck yourselves. Come on, Inter! Fast forward one year to 1987, WrestleMania 3, the Pontiac Silverdome, Pontiac, Michigan, over 93,000 <coughs> fans. You teamed up with Nikolai Volkov to take on the Killer Bees, and that's where your feud began with Hacksaw Jim Duggan when he interfered at the end of that match. What was it like to be in that massive crowd? You asked me excellent, excellent question. The great feeling all time I had all my life Mr. Dan Maloney, it was that night, Pontiac, Michigan, Silverdome. Correct. Silverdome, Pontiac. Yes, sir. And that was a great honor, great feeling to wrestling next to 93,000 people, no any musician, no any football player, no any, no any sport event in your country sold out, management right. regarded. I mean, uh, Pontiac, Michigan, exam wrestling. It was a great feeling, Dan Maloney, to I wrestling with uh, uh, Jim Brazeller and that jabroni, Brian Blair. Brian Blair, right. Brian Blair, you are another faggot son of a bitch, no good low life. So I want to let you know you are punk, you are fag, you are punk, little gay. Worse than Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson. It was a great feeling. I have a lot of respect for them. His partner, Jim Branzeri from Minnesota, great athletic, great high jumper, but that little punk, Brian Blair, another little fag, worse than Michael Jackson. And I didn't like him. I didn't like his attitude. He was a punk. I can't break his fucking back. Break his back, make him humble, and then fuck his ass. I didn't do it in the Pontiac, Michigan, because respect my sport and respect Mr. McMahon. You were a professional. A professional. Otherwise, was, was ready to do it to him, all country way, make him humble. Suplex him, put him in a camel clutch, break his back, and then fuck his ass, make him humble, to he respect our religion. And I didn't do it. Because for the God and Jesus and Mr. McMahon. Bram Blair, you are no good. You are worse than Michael Jackson. I'll never respect you again. Uh, and then he was lucky to the uh, big man, uh, American 2x4, Hacksaw. You was lucky, punk. I didn't break your back to fuck your ass, make you humble. And he was lucky. Hacksaw Jim Duggan come save him. Uh, and I didn't break his back. You know what I'm talking right. about? Because I'm a shooter, man. You're a punk. I respect your partner, Jim Brunzeller. I never respect the gay. I never respect the fag. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. And you're lucky I didn't break your back. And Hacksaw come save you. And that was a great feeling to wrestling 93,000 people. And you were so lucky to the hacksaw come save you before I break your back and I do all country way uh, to make you uh, humble. Uh, and besides that, everything was great. 